we're just going to trust that's not going to fall. Well, thank you for joining me in second week of Proverbs, God's Wisdom for Living. And also thank you for joining me on Independence Day weekend. I hope all of you have had a great weekend. And I'm looking at this little um, display that somebody dropped off this morning. I'm going to try not to drop it. Wow, this is heavy. This is heavy. Look at these. So we had a wonderful time last night, my family, just spending the whole day in Cumberland on the beach, on the lake there, watching the fireworks. And I'm sure some of you also had a fun time watching fireworks somewhere. And, you know, I was just looking at this, and I hope I don't mess it up too much, but I'm taking one out. These kind of look like fireworks, don't they? You know, the 4th of July, Independence, and this... Independence Day in this weekend, and this sermon today is not about Independence Day, but I do want to mention this. You see, we, we do a lot of fun things. We see a lot of awesome things, and I think yesterday as we finally got from noonish all the way up till 10 o'clock, and the fireworks went off, and in Cumberland, they, they shoot off the fireworks right next to you in the park. This is the first time we've ever been there, so we set up camp right next to the beach, having no idea where they were going to set them up. And about 9 p.m., the firemen come, they rope off a section of the park, and they are literally within about 50 feet of where we're shooting them off at. Now, at first, the fireworks start going off, which let me say, in Cumberland, there's a pre-show about like two hours beforehand, everybody around the lake shooting off their own fireworks, pretty cool. But then the city starts at 10, and these fireworks were literally right above us. I mean, they were shaking my bones. They were so loud because of how close we were. Now, I, I said about good choices, right? Well, this all of a sudden starts seeming to be not as good of a choice in how close we are to the fireworks. Because I kid you not, as I see one firework, two firework, one after another start going off right above our head, and it was awesome at first. But then some bigger ones start going off, And I kid you not, some of the sparks actually fell down within probably about five feet of my daughter's feet. And that was only the first one. (laughs) There were more. In fact, I, I try not to joke in saying this. I say it seriously that at the end, I was actually praying that it would not hit one of us. And it seems somebody actually down the line from us did get hit by a spark and the ambulance had to come. Seems not major, but... You know, just talking about good choices this morning. And one of those good choices is make sure when you go and see the Independence Day fireworks, you sit at a safe spot. You know, sometimes we make choices and we don't really realize that the choices we're making are bad. Sometimes we make choices knowing they're bad, and it's just hard for us to not make those choices because we want to be in with the in crowd, with the popular crowd, or we want to be successful in life so where, to where we're willing to put away God's ways because we want to follow the worldly ways instead. Some of you, whether you be listening from a lake or a campground somewhere right now, might be being convicted of, oh, wow, <laughs> was he watching me? What about the choices I've been making this weekend? Have they been honoring to God? What about some of you in this room as you're thinking about what, how you've been celebrating Independence Day? Have you been doing it in a God-honoring way? I know one thing's true, and I love that little Independence Day, 4th of July video I showed because this is the truth, and this is what I want to tell you as we get started, is we need to be praying for this nation that we live in. 
And not just that, we need to recognize that although we celebrate Independence Day, we celebrate our freedoms on this weekend, we need to most importantly remember the freedom that we have from sin through Jesus Christ and through the free gift of salvation that God the Father gave to us through his Son. Isn't it amazing? And and we get to celebrate this at the end of the sermon today as we take communion today, but God sent his Son to die for us yet while we were still sinners. And I know I say that a lot to you. I know we take communion every month. I know some churches take communion every week. And I I hope that this doesn't ever lose a a sense of power, a sense of respect within you. I I hope that this verse still means a lot to you. That's my favorite verse. Romans 5, 8, that God shows us his love and that yet while we were still sinners, he sent his son to die for us. Guys, I don't know about you, but I make bad choices. I don't know about you, but I know that I am a sinner in need of a savior, in need of God's grace. And I praise God that he never gives up on me and he never gives up on you. But we need to be praying for a country. We need to be praying for justice for all people. Pray for a nation to come to know God through Christ and to be blessed. This is true freedom. And that's what that video showed us, is that it's not about independence from a foreign country. It's about independence from sin. Psalm 2212 is a psalm that's often quoted on this weekend and referenced greatly each year on this day. It says this, you should recognize it. Psalm 2212 says, Blessed is the nations whose God is the Lord. And then often people will say things like, God bless the USA. God bless this nation. God bless us. And this is a great thing to pray for. This is a great thing to think of. Many people pray for the USA, and many people think that we are this God-fearing one nation under God. And it's a great thought, but we also need to recognize or realize that sadly, this is not the case. Satan is walking in this country and in the world today, and we know from Scripture that the whole world nor this whole nation will ever come to know Christ all together at one time. People are going to fall away. People are going to follow after the wrongful things of the world and not after Christ. But yes, we should pray for this nation. We should pray for our neighbors. We should pray for our family. But we need to not miss out on the fact that we have a responsibility to do too. And that's what we're going to get into today with Proverbs chapter 3. And Proverbs, God's wisdom for living, is this. If you belong to him, if you're of his people, we need to be living as such. We need to act rightly. We need to live rightly. We need to live righteously. And when I say live rightly, act rightly, I'm not talking about with how the world makes you think we need to act or think we need to live We need to do these things in our relationship. We need to spend our money in this way. We need to run our family this way. We need to go on vacations this way. We need to have the perfect job and the perfect car, or we're just not successful at life. That's not what winning at life is about. What are we to do? We are to live wisely, and we live wisely by following God's wisdom for living, and that's what this whole series and Proverbs is about. You see, we look so much for wisdom in things of the world. Think about where you go on a daily basis as you seek wisdom. Now, if you're my son, every day I share this. Hey, look, he's paying attention now. 
he, he, he loves to ask the Alexa device, hey, Alexa, what's the weather today? Now, this isn't a complete great illustration because maybe you're not going to just go to God every day and say, God, help me to know what's the weather like today. But we do, we, we so often go to things of the world, Alexa, Google, Siri, Facebook, Instagram, our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones, our family, and we seek advice, we seek wisdom on how to live through them before we seek wisdom from God and his word. And we need to seek to find life, seek to win at life through God first. God is the one who truly knows how to win at life. God is the one who truly knows what is right living because he's the one that created us. And he created us with a purpose. We must look to the right place for wisdom. And the words we're about to read are words of godly wisdom for living. But before we read this, I want to do one more illustration here, one more thing. And I'm just going to admit, it doesn't have a lot of purpose. But on the count of three, I want everybody to take a big breath, okay? One, two, three. (sighs) Didn't that feel good? It felt good to me. I'm just going to admit, I got here this morning about 7 a.m., and I ended up working on the computer for two hours instead of rehearsing my sermon. Normally, I would have already read this, rehearsed it about five times by now, so I needed that big, deep breath. And I, looking back now, and my wife reminded me as I messaged her, and like, pray, nothing's working like it's supposed to. And some of you know me, I love to have all my I's dotted, my T's crossed, to feel like I'm in control, to feel like I have everything just working perfectly, and I can't focus right until it all is. But look, we're talking about God's wisdom for living. We're talking about going to him first. I must admit, I didn't go to him first. I went to my own knowledge. I went to my own own experience on how to fix that computer. Now, I think about a story of a past pastor that I was under, and there's some friends watching here that might remember this, of of our old church where the pastor's computer stopped working on Saturday night. He had his whole sermon prepared, not printed yet, and the computer just shut off. It would not work. And he took it to a friend, and the friend's like, well, have you prayed over it? It's like, no. All I've done is been working on it for a whole day. So they prayed over it. They blew in it. They blew in it. They really did. And then it started working. (laughs) Guys, we need to be making sure we're seeking God first. We're seeking godly wisdom today. Let's read from Proverbs chapter 3. And if you like, there's Bibles in front of you. You can use your own Bibles, your cell phones, your tablets. I just ask that you pay attention to God's word. You pay attention to what we're speaking about, what we're doing. And you're not opening up Facebook. You're not texting people for dinner plans, lunch plans, or anything like that. I do have it in front of you, and I'm going to read it to you. Proverbs 3, 31 to 35 says this. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Towards the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. So remember again how we started today. We were talking about making sure you're making good choices. And I used that little illustration about the fireworks, and maybe it wasn't a great idea to sit right next to the fireworks. We didn't know that's where they were going to shoot them off. 
But when we noticed it, instead of my man-sized thing, awesome, I'm going to be right next to the explosions. Maybe I should have thought a little bit smarter and said, ooh, honey, do you think we're too close? Maybe we should move. And I think halfway through, she probably thought that too, but she just didn't want to say it. But here's the thing. This word reminds us not to look to the envying man. Not to look to envying man, a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. Now, I, I want to take it a little bit further to say we, we can take this further to not just consider that we don't envy a man of violence, but we shouldn't envy any other man for what he has or does before we look and desire Christ and his wisdom first. So in this scripture, we two, we, we're going to see two things. We see two ways of living. Number one, we see a dangerous way of living. It's also referred to as the way of the wicked. Number two, we see the wise and godly way of living, which is also referred to as the way of the righteous. We see that there are consequences for the wicked, and yet we see there are rewards for the way of the righteous. Now, doesn't it always, already sound kind of good? I mean, wow, there's consequences to sin. There's consequences to following the violent man. There's consequences to following the ways of the wicked. But there's rewards for following God's wisdom. And that's what I want you to see here is that following God's wisdom, following the ways of the Bible, God's ways are not just a set of rules and a book of laws, but they truly are the right ways of living. And if you follow in these right ways of living, you will be blessed because this is the right way to live. The house of the wicked have the Lord's curse upon them, but yet the righteous are blessed. Which one are you? Which one are all of us? Let's go back to the beginning and let's look at this again. Let me read this again. You notice at the very beginning, it says, do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord. Wow. There are some people who are an abomination to the Lord and how they're acting and how they're living. That's pretty strong words. I don't want to be an abomination to the Lord. Now, something notice at the beginning, it says, do not envy a man of violence. This is not speaking to the man of violence. This is speaking to us to give us wise wise lessons in how to live. Specifically, this is King Solomon, son of, of, of David, king of Israel, giving wisdom down to his son, godly inspired wisdom to us as well on how we should live. Now, the sad thing is, I talked to Larry Gosom about this after church last week, that his son ended up not following much of this wisdom. He ended up seeing his dad, the wisest man that ever walked the earth, or one of them, and he saw his dad not living according to his own wise teachings. And then his son ended up falling away and following wisdom from peers instead. Yes, that is sad news. But notice that this is not talking to the bad men. This is talking to us trying to give us wise ways to live now to prevent us from following after these people, to help us to make wise choices Pastor Ray Ortland says this, and I didn't write it down, I'm sorry. Pastor Ray Ortland says, the way things are now, violent people often succeed, and we are tempted to envy them. 
It starts early with the bully on the playground who also seems to be the most popular kid on the playground. People fear and envy the violent. So the violent often run the world. God says this is an abomination to him. It turns his stomach. It makes him sick. How often do you envy others who don't follow God yet seem to be having all the fun in life? I think if we look to our life, we can say we do that. We envy people who seem to be having all the fun, being successful in the world, winning at life. They have the perfect job. Maybe that seems like they have the perfect marriage, the perfect kids, the, the big boat, the nice, awesome cars. And yet if you would get involved in their life, you'd see that they're not living according to God's ways and they will have a curse upon them. If we're not following God's ways, if we're not following after Christ, if we're not trusting in him as our savior, we will be de- doomed to hell. But through Christ, we have life and we have hope. And these temporary things of the world don't truly matter because we have a hope that lasts forever and ever and ever. So I don't know what you envy, but I know that we all need a reminder to keep our eyes focused on Christ, not your neighbor, but on Christ first. We must be focused on eternal kingdom living and not worldly living. We must focus on eternal kingdom living and not worldly living. This verse reminds us to not envy the worldly people, not envy the violent people, but to desire Christ and his knowledge, desire to live righteously. Here's the big idea that I want you to see. Don't envy the wicked. No matter what they may have, in the end, God honors those who are humble and wise. God blesses the righteous. Now, this main idea comes straight out of this passage. You can't argue with it. It actually says... The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Now, before this, in verse 32, it says, For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord. We read that, but listen to the next statement. But the upright, the upright are in his confidence. Now, as we think about that word confidence, I looked up two other words that could be used, depending on translation used. One is friendship. And one is protection. Kind of helps you to see a grander idea of that, that if you're living in his upright ways, you are in God's friendship. You're in God's inner circle. How much do we try to push ourselves in, to weasel ourselves into these friendships of the world, these cliques, these groups, to be part of this crowd or that crowd? Yet how much time do we spend trying to be part of God's inner circle, to be part of his friendship? And if you're part of his friendship, you also have his protection. You see, God loves to defend those whom no one else wants to defend. God loves to protect and defend those who are part of his people. And that's where we started this morning with talking about Psalm 22, 12. Blessed is the nations whose God is the Lord. You see, this entire nation of the USA... This entire world may never all be following after God. But if you are following after God, you will be blessed. But when we think of our relationships we have with people, we have with things, and we have with the world, who do we envy? What do we envy? Because I think there are times when it may look like a better way to live is to follow after these people to win at life. I know there are times when following Jesus just looks hard, 
or maybe not as fun, not as beneficial in the worldly temporary gratification sense. But his ways are the right ways. And his ways satisfies your life and helps you to win at life in an eternal sense and not just a temporary gratification sense. Again, the wicked will be cursed. The righteous, blessed. Wicked, violent are abominations to God, but the upright are in his confidence, his friendship, his protection. God's word tells us, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that the wicked will be dealt with. The wrath of God will be upon them. We should not follow their ways, but we also shouldn't be trying to destroy them ourselves, to punish them ourselves, to avenge ourselves. We need to leave this to God. And if you think about why do we try and do it ourselves, all it does is help to bring us down, to burden us ourselves and to make us weak. But if we give, us to, give it to God, he makes us strong because he says, I've got this. God tells us that the wicked will be dealt with and we need to trust in him. You see, you might be tempted to envy the wicked and adopt their ways when you see their success, but the tables will turn and they will receive a curse for not following the righteous ways of God. Judgment will fall upon them. God opposes these people so they will not prosper forever. But you who belong to Christ, we will prosper forever and ever and ever with a hope and a peace and a joy that will never leave us, will never forsake us. We need to follow God's wisdom. And I think about this verse I've been thinking about all week. I've shared it with you some. Proverbs 3, 7 says, and I love how the message translation puts it here. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God, run from evil. Isn't that good? Isn't that convicting? I mean, think about yourself. <laughs> or maybe I'm just pointing at myself. Don't assume that you know it all. How often do we think that we know it all and we don't need to seek out God's wisdom? Or we think we know it all and we don't need to listen to somebody else's wisdom? There's people that have been through things. There's people who can help us. There's people who want to use their testimony to help you. But most importantly, we need to seek God, run to God, and run from evil. You notice as we're looking up this topic in the Bible, and you can do your own word study, never does it say tiptoe away from evil, slowly walk away from evil. It says run from evil and run to God. God's wisdom is a rewarding wisdom. God's wisdom is a rewarding wisdom. And Solomon says that the wise who live in righteousness will be blessed and honored by God. We're also told that they receive God's favor and his confidence, his friendship. But we're told that those who are dwelling in righteousness receive this. So what is righteousness? Who are these righteous people that we're told are blessed by God? the ones who are said to be wise and receive honor. How do we follow their ways, the righteous ways? Well, Romans 3.10 says, none are righteous, no, not one. So I, I beg you, I plead with you to consider this. It's not about following a person. It's about following a God. It's about following Christ. The key is not to follow after the righteous people, for none are righteous. The key is to follow after Christ. And a wise person envies not worldly, the wicked, the violent. The wise person desires Christ, surrenders himself to him in his righteous ways, and follows after him and him alone. 
Remember last week, Proverbs 1, 7, we talked about fear God and be wise. As we fear God, we reverently surrender ourselves to him. We reverently worship him. We reverently follow after him. We surrender it all and recognize that we do not know it all, but he does, and he alone can help us win at life. But not just this temporary life, he alone helps us win at life in an eternal sense. So how do we become righteous in the eyes of God if we're all falling short? We surrender to him and seek forgiveness through Christ. We confess with our mouth that he is Lord and we need him. We ask for forgiveness and we say, Lord, help me. And we follow after him. Romans 1.17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. That's how we dwell in righteousness. But the righteous man shall live by faith. We live by faith. But we don't live by faith that our vehicle, if we let go of the steering wheel and stomp on the gas, is just going to keep straight on a road. We don't live by faith that our friend's never going to let us down. We don't live by faith that if we just keep this same job for a lifetime, we'll always have money and we'll never be laid off or never have problems. We don't live by faith that our spouse is always going to lead us in the right direction either. We live by faith in God, the true God, the all-powerful God, the all-knowing God, the ever-present God. This is who we live by faith in. The righteous man is the one who places their faith in Christ and follows him. The standard for righteousness is God's righteousness, and no person is righteous on his or her own. We need him. So how are we to live? I turn your eyes to one more piece of scripture here. Philippians 3, 8 to 9, Paul says this, and it's great words of wisdom for us to, to read. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and yet count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So here's your application. Here's your take home for you. One, in what areas of your life do you possibly envy the wicked more than the righteous ways of Christ? What areas of your life do you possibly need to trust in God? Do you need to turn away from the one and turn to God? Two, we must build healthy, godly habits that help us honor God and love others. What habits are you building right now? What healthy, godly habits are you building within your families, within your children, within your own lives? I think of some of you who might think, and I've heard it, so I'm not putting words in your mouth. I've heard you say, say things like, well, I'm 70 years old. I've been living this way for a long time. I'm good. I don't need anybody else. I don't need anything else. But that's not true. First of all, you can always learn. But second of all, maybe God wants to use you to help build up healthy, godly habits in others now. Your time is never done serving the Lord. You can always help. Are we living in a way that recognizes that God alone knows it all? 
and therefore we run to him before we run to others. Now, these are easy things to look to in your own life. Look to how you spend money. Look to how you spend your time. When you're struggling, who do you run to? What do you run to? When you're praising your life and just so excited for how it's going, again, who do you run to? Where do you put your money? Where do you put your time? Do we run away from evil or do we run towards God? Do we run away from evil and run towards God or do we run to evil? Again, there's two ways of living. That's what this proverb is about. It's about not envying the violent way, not envying the wicked way, and being cursed by God, but receiving blessings by God. There's a way of living a dangerous life or a righteous life, an unwise way of living and a wise way of living, and a way of living in obedience or a way of living in disobedience, a way of living in honor, in humbly, or dishonor. Be careful what you envy. If you envy the wicked, you will follow after him as well. It has been said that if you follow after a rich man and you hang out with this rich man all the time, I don't want to say you are become rich, but you're, you've got more chances of becoming like him. It's also been said that if you hang out with an intelligent man all the time, you're going to slowly become more like that intelligent man as well. So I beg with you to think, are you becoming more like Christ? in your everyday life? Because if not, maybe the problem is you're hanging out with too many other people before you hang out with him. Maybe you're not spending enough time with God. Maybe we need to humble ourselves, envy not the wicked man, but desire Christ. Humble yourself and receive his grace, his honor, and blessings which are reserved for those dwelling in his righteousness. We need to follow God's wisdom for living. And here in a moment, we're gonna be taking communion together. And I hope at home you're prepared, even though you can't see, to do this with us. But I beg you to consider this. As we think about what does it mean to be righteous, what better day we have than today to take communion together as we remember his sacrifice, remember Christ, remember what he did for us, remember his body broken, his blood spilled on that cross so that we might have life, so that we have this righteous man's life to look to, to know how we are to live. Proverbs, God's wisdom for living is not just for some days, it's for your every days. I know I said that with Psalms too, but it still applies. Let's close in prayer before we do communion together. Lord, we thank you for your words of wisdom for daily living found all in your word. We thank you that we have this great blessing of knowing you personally, intimately, and that you desire a relationship with us. Despite the fact that we've we are sinners. You gave us a savior. You gave us your son, Jesus. Yet while we are still sinners, and we thank you for your love, we thank you for our salvation, which is so free and clear. Lord, we thank you for this wisdom in the book of Proverbs, and we just pray that we would consider it this week, that we would ponder these words today, that we would look to our lives, and who do we envy? What do we envy? And especially in relation to how much do we desire Christ? How much do we follow after him? How much do we follow after you and your ways? Are we living righteously? Are we living right in the eyes of the Lord? Or are we living right in the eyes of the world? Because there is a difference. Lord, help us. Give us strength. Give us wisdom. Give us power to overcome the world, to live, to live amongst the world, but not 
of the world to use our testimonies to glorify you and bring people to know you through the power of you and your spirit, your word. Thank you, Lord. Amen.